What's up, guys? Welcome to the first episode. I'm the host, Colton McCormack, and this is a Certified Wrench Podcast. Um, <laughs> I had almost the whole podcast recorded, and I lost the whole thing. I don't understand this stuff, but I'm going to go ahead and do it again. So I decided to bring my wife on this time. Hey, everyone. Who are you? Well, legally, I'm <laughs> Catherine McCormack. So I guess that makes me your wife. Uh, I went ahead and brought her on because I felt really defeated and thought it'd be more fun to have her on. Oh, boy. And uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts, mainly construction and mechanic stuff, uh, and it's really pushed me towards this project. I was speaking with said wife, and she finally just told me, why don't you just fucking do it? Yeah, we were dragging our feet a bit on this. Um, but uh, with everything that I listen to, you never hear anything about the field technician side of you know the industry. So what this podcast is about, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and let the wife take over because I can't seem to get this out. Today on our podcast, and <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, uh, this podcast is going to be about um, everyday life stories ups and downs and much more that happens in a field technician's world so with that said colton why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are today so back in the day uh no i'm just kidding uh (laughs) so originally uh my dad told me a story about when i was four or five years old and i found the wrenches in his toolbox and pulled the head off of his lawnmower and uh he told me to put it back on and i did funny Uh, fact his son still does this as well um (laughs) and uh then growing up i started racing outlaw carts when i was eight years old i did that till i was 15 and so i used to have to work on all my my own stuff along with my dad and he taught me quite a bit but uh uh the end of my racing career uh my dad told me you know i I think we should get out of racing it's getting a little too expensive which i agreed with and he said we can sell the the race car and uh you know we can put that money towards your first car which my first car was a 1967 volkswagen that i bought for 1700 dollars. may i add we did a head count the other day this is car number one of like 25 i think at this point (laughs) um so I got that from a buddy of mine, and we worked on that. I had my first job as a fish feeder, I guess you'd call it. Um, I worked on a fish hatchery and making like $8 an hour, but I redid that whole car that summer. But I was working from 6 a.m. to 4 p.m., seven days a week. It was miserable. And uh, after that, I got out of the fish hatchery bitness and uh i got to know the volkswagens pretty well and i knew a guy that owned a uh, local volkswagen shop and uh i went to work for him part-time and uh i was also working at the local gas station as a stock boy and uh the guy that owned the local hole in hole in the wall hole in the wall uh automotive shop would always come in and buy sodas and stuff and i always would bug him for a job and he would always tell me, you're uh, you're probably not experienced enough for what I need. I'm like, boy, I, I know how to do brakes, oil changes. I've even done a power steering pump. <laughs> I still remember this. <laughs> and uh, he uh, he said, fine, you know, 
come in one of these days and you know i'll put you put you to work and i went to work for him and he probably i think a day or two after i went to do my trial run quote unquote uh he offered me a job for ten dollars an hour which i thought was amazing full-time so i went to work for him uh fresh out of high school in august of 2007 and uh pretty much took uh took off running from there uh he took me under his wing and taught me a bunch of shit and uh i worked for him for six years right yeah and then uh as young boys do they wanted to venture out and uh, I knew a, a guy that was a repossessor, and his friend was a big boss, and they were wanting to uh, get out of paying people at other shops to repair and service their trucks, and they were wanting to start their own. So they asked me to come over and help them start it as their quote-unquote shop foreman, which it wasn't. Um, <laughs> and uh, I worked there for two years, and Towards the end, I ended up getting my repossession license and my private investigator's license and ended up doing more repossession than uh, actually working on the trucks because I learned that I can make more money doing that. And uh, meanwhile, at the end of this, I was uh, hanging out with a friend of mine. He was a service manager at the deer dealership uh, in town and uh, I was at his house one day and he was building a rock crawler and uh, a, a fellow named Wayland was over there and he was a bigger boss at uh, the deer dealership and they were trying to figure out how to prime the oil pump on this rock crawler because uh, the fuel pump worked off the oil pump pressure so if you rolled the machine over uh, it lost oil pressure it would shut the fuel pump off and I was I just happened to remember a trick of the trade from the Volkswagen days uh, if you pack the oil pump full of Vaseline uh, it'll cause the oil pressure to build instantly basically and uh, they looked at me like I was just absolutely stupid and I said trust me just try it and uh, a few days later Waylon calls me and says hey man we did that and it worked perfect uh, you need to come work for us so uh that's kind of how I got my job in the deer industry um, with Vaseline. <laughs> That's what she said. Oh my gosh, sorry. <laughs> Didn't know that was my key for that. <laughs> so I told this guy, I don't know. Uh, I don't know anything about John Deere. All I know is that they're green with uh, black wheels. And he said, don't worry, man. We'll, we'll start you off with the small stuff, compacts and lawnmowers and stuff. And Oh yeah, that definitely meant small. Dick. <laughs> um, so I ended up going to work over there in, uh, in April of 2015. And that was really the in introduction to my uh, career with deer. And, uh, I was just blowing through that stuff. And my boss was like, all right, man, if you want to, if you're big and bad, go ahead and go do this, uh, AC job on this 9,000. So I'm like, cool, let's go. <laughs> So I busted through that and I loved it. And uh, a few months later, I was pulled out of the cute little Chevy 3500 that I was in and put in the F650 with the crane. And uh, I just hit the ground running and I really enjoyed learning, you know, all the stuff. And electrical was my, my favorite and learning all the CAN bus and everything like that. But now we're going to take a little step back from the field tech life and tell you how I met my wife here at said job at the deer dealership uh, i think it was like 2016 wasn't it yeah something like that 
became his boss at that point in time. (laughs) (laughs) And he's going to laugh about this because he has decided to conveniently block it from his memory. But his fondest moment of working for me was uh, when I asked him to go do a job after we'd been slow all day. And it was like three o'clock in the afternoon. And I asked him to go do a job. And uh, what what did you kindly tell me to go do? Mind you, it was four o'clock in the afternoon. And I might have told you to go fuck yourself or fuck off or something of that matter. Yeah, something involving fucking that wasn't polite. But now look at us. (laughs) I love that F word. (laughs) So we met at the John Deere dealership. I was the service rider, I guess is what they would call it. Pretty much the uh, low paid bitch on the totem pole. (laughs) And uh, moved from there to parts. And then I moved to warranty and... We kind of stopped talking, and then all of a sudden, we decided to start talking again for some reason. But this time, we ended up talking, talking. If you, uh, if you all know what I mean there about that, <laughs> and uh, we kind of started to get close and hang out. And thankfully, it wasn't a conflict of interest. You know, like the manager, uh, I guess subordinate is what it would be called. I guess. You weren't my manager then, though. I know I wasn't when we actually were talking, talking, because I guess if we <laughs> had talked when I was your manager, I probably could have got fired, but... That's like the, the teacher banging the student. That's, That's <laughs> not true at all. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but uh, we started talking, and uh, we started to live together yeah sorry if there's a loud part i'm italian i really can't help it (laughs) but uh we ended up moving in together much to my mother's displeasure because we'd only been talking for like what two months when we moved in together something like that if you're gonna be in my house all the time you might as well live here i also felt bad because he didn't have any dishes so i brought him (laughs) dishes (laughs) bachelor life (laughs) uh we moved in together and then we decided like I don't know, four months after dating that we were going to pick up everything and move to Texas. So uh, let's go ahead and jump back into how we got to Texas. Uh, One night we were sitting in our living room and we were talking about how we really wanted to move to Texas. And I just happened to go online. It was like a Monday night, wasn't it? Yeah, I think uh, so. Yeah. I was looking at jobs in the Fort Worth, Texas area and, uh, I saw that the local construction deer dealership was hiring and they were looking for a, a field technician. So I went ahead and applied just for the hell of it. And we honestly didn't think anything of it. <laughs> it was more just for shits and giggles. Yeah. And no joke. The next day they called me and were like, you know, Hey, we came across your, your resume and we really want to talk to you. Um, when do you think you can come out and chat with us? <laughs> so we, uh, we put it together and ended up driving out to uh, North Texas. And I think my wife tells the story way better because oh. I don't really remember none of it. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that's mainly because you block everything from your memory. <laughs> it seems like if it's not crucial. Uh, we were too poor to fly him out to Texas at that time. So, you know, this is how you really test your marriage. Ladies, gentlemen, take notes. This is how you really test if you're with someone you can live with. 
uh, we packed up a car and we left uh, Saturday morning, I want to say, at like 2 a.m. We drove all the way from Northern California to Yuma, Arizona, and we took like a two-hour nap in Yuma, Arizona, and then we drove all the way straight through to Fort Worth, Texas, slept in our little La Quinta hotel that we scored for a steal of a deal because I like to shop, and uh, (laughs) we went to his interview, interviewed, it was probably Monday morning, I want to say, and literally turned right back around and drove all the way straight through back to Northern California and were home about Tuesday night, I want to say, and he went back to work that Wednesday morning. So uh, we made it. We didn't kill one another. So I guess that's a good start for everything. Yeah. And uh, on our drive home, the dealership that I just had an interview with uh, called me and offered me the job and for only a dollar an hour more. But when we actually moved out here, that dollar an hour was quite a significant raise because <laughs> well, the cost of living was so much different. Hold your little thought there. Yeah. You did turn them down first. For a reason. Yeah, you turned them down at first because of the fact that my job had fallen through that I had applied for out here in North Texas, and they had kindly asked what I did for a living. Yeah. And you had told them I also worked for Deer and somehow they decided that that would be a great idea to hire the both of us. (laughs) And I ended up going to work for them as, I guess, like the preventative maintenance. So your lubes and oils, that sounds so Uh, bad. (laughs) But your preventative maintenance manager and you as a field technician. Mm -hmm. And when we finally actually accepted our jobs, they said, okay, you have three weeks to be here. Oh, God. So we we sold a bunch of shit, got a U-Haul, and uh, came out here. We literally looked like the Beverly Hillbillies, but going (laughs) the opposite direction towards Texas. I mean, two little cars and the biggest U-Haul trailer you could get because... We were poor, if I didn't mention that already. <laughs> and uh, one thing that I will never let my wife forget. Uh-oh. We didn't necessarily have a house lined up. Oh. <laughs> when we moved out here, which we thought we did, but the people backed out at the last minute. wouldn't return our phone calls. Money talks. So technically, we were homeless when we first lived here. Uh, we w- lived in a hotel for 24 hours. That's right. And I, I will never let my wife that. forget that because I kept telling her, we need to get a house lined up. We need to get a house lined up. And uh, luckily, some people took a chance on us, and we moved into our house on a Sunday and started our jobs Monday. <laughs> Shout out to our amazing realtor who ended up scoring us that sweet little two-bedroom, one-bath house that was just perfect for us and then ended up finding us our house we currently live in that my husband hates. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we moved out here in October of 2017 and uh, I had to do a probationary 90 days in the shop. Uh, meanwhile, trying to get my CDL because their trucks here require CDLs. Which, mind you, getting your CDL in Texas is like an act of Congress. I'm pretty positive they make you take it three times just to be dicks. 
so uh january finally rolled around i was able to get on the road and i got sent to thackerville oklahoma and it was minus four degrees which i never hear the end of (laughs) uh and i thought to myself what the fuck was i doing and And i hear that every winter shut up (laughs) uh it, it gets colder uh but we uh, learned that Carhartt bibs are a necessity here, and I try to deal with the cold the best I can. <laughs> uh, but I started doing a lot of uh, runs to West Texas and being away from home a lot, and uh, I got a little tired of it, and I was kind of looking to go back to my old roots, and was really missing the good old boys you a lot of the guys in the construction industry can be dicks so i uh went back to the ag dealership here in north texas and uh, i told them when i went and did my interview that i did not want to travel anymore i wanted to stay local and they said no problem so they made me a good offer and gave me a truck and mind you it was just a three-quarter ton pickup your service truck is ordered it's coming in soon It never showed up. (laughs) So I went to work for them, and I worked there for about four weeks. And uh, my first weekend, they asked me, hey, do you mind going over to Arkansas and uh, helping catch up on something? It's not very long. Well, mind you, the four weeks I was there, I was traveling. Uh, I was stuck in Arkansas on the top of Louisiana. So I uh, made a phone call to my old service manager at the construction dealership and asked if i could come back and she said your truck is still here uh come on back so i went ahead and went back and uh continued my random stints in west texas which was okay i guess but i really wanted to uh learn more about the construction industry this time around so i really hit it hard and got uh fully capstoned and the deer uh, machines, if you know what that means. If you don't, it's uh, certifications in each uh, deer, whatever. You won't say it, but it pretty much means you're the most badass. <laughs> <laughs> no, that sounds cocky. But, I mean, he explains it pretty well. It just means that you are eligible in deer's eyes to work on any piece of machinery construction-wise that they have be it warranty, not warranty, um, you're pretty much just what Deere's ideal technician is in their eyes to work on their machinery, and you're fully trained on everything. Thank you. I got. I was getting a little tongue twisted, but... That's why you married me. It, capstones are each machine family, such as mid-sized excavators, you're capstoned. Uh, dozers, you have your... Uh, was it 450 to 850 capstone then your 950 1050 capstone uh but covid hit and i was getting a little frustrated with the management uh and i decided i wanted to uh change gears a little bit so i was talking to a customer of mine and this is kind of where i learned that the the industry is a little bit cutthroat um because they'll say just about anything to get you to come work for them and uh so i gave notice and uh went to work for these guys and was told i could never come back (laughs) uh since i already left once 
And I said, that's okay. But I kind of left with the intention of possibly starting my own business anyway. So I was going to go work here and do that. And uh, I worked for this customer for about two weeks. And I realized that uh, I had made a huge mistake in going to work for them. So I have a, uh, a good friend of mine. He works for the local Komatsu dealership. And he said, man, I'll get you a job real quick. You know, come work over here. So I interviewed with them and they uh, hired me on the spot and I was working there for probably about six weeks and uh, at the time I was doing injectors on a dozer and my current boss called me and he was like, hey, I heard you're not at the uh, deer dealership no more. And I said, no, uh, left and where I went didn't work out. And he was like, so where are you at now? So I told him, you know, working on, on Komatsu's and he's like, yeah, that's not going to work. Uh, you're going to come work for me. I'm going to pay you uh, this much money, and after 90 days, if I like you, I'll give you uh, two more dollars an hour. Which, let me just notate for everyone who has no idea, this gentleman is notorious for being really hard on techs, but that's just because he used to be a tech, and he's actually very, very smart, and some people have a hard time getting along with him, but I was pretty positive that... You and him were going to get along <laughs> very well from the start. So him saying that in 90 days, he'll reevaluate it. It's because he didn't expect him to still be there in 90 days. <laughs> yeah, so I basically told him, okay, I'll see you Monday, which was actually a Wednesday after unloading my tools and everything. And um, I showed up over there. And this place, I was I was really grateful because all I know is deer, really, and uh, their whole fleet is 95% deer, and the rest are cat machines, and uh, so it was cool, but um, I've been there since September of 2020, and it's probably been one of the best jobs I've ever had, and uh, he treats me really good. I even got a brand new service truck out of it. You did. <laughs> but uh, going back to industry being cutthroat... Um, my current boss is a uh, big customer for the deer dealership that I used to work at, and he would only deal with my wife. <laughs> and uh, when they found out that I went to work for him, they were pretty upset, and uh, my wife ended up losing her job because of this. Uh, it was quite childish. Like within a three-week time span of them finding out he uh, was working for this customer. <laughs> Which I think is very stupid, but I mean, she's doing quite well now. Um, what are we doing now? Uh, I went over to the dark side and went and started to work for the uh, right color yellow. Isn't that, that what they call it? Sure. Work for uh, the local cat dealer. Meow. <laughs> no, don't do that ever again. He could have. He's uh, rolling his eyes at me for that one. So... I find this uh, quite a blessing in disguise because uh, she does basically the same job, less work. She makes more money and has better benefits. So it was kind of a win, 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 win. Yeah, I think you could add a couple more wins there and it would totally make sense. And uh, she actually sleeps at night and uh, isn't as stressed out. So I'm, I'm really enjoying where she's at and I'm proud of her. Oh, <laughs> look at you actually being nice. Bitch. <clears throat> <laughs> anyway, that's kind of my backstory. I'm plan on having 
Miss Catherine. Uh, <gasps> I get to come back? Back on, and we're actually going to do a full thing of her. Oh, uh, no. What it's like being married to a field tech, possibly. Y'all, let me tell you, my <laughs> life is forever interesting. Maybe we'll have to tell them the story about how I uh, sprayed you down with Lysol when this whole COVID thing started before you came into the house one day. You made me strip butt naked. <laughs> Uh, out in our driveway mind you thank god we live in the middle of nowhere <laughs> but this is uh kind of just the opening deal for this whole podcast project and i'm pretty excited uh to see where it goes and uh any comments complaints yes inquiries can be sent to colton directly mind you though complaints do have a special file that they go into and the middle finger emoji is one of my favorites. <laughs> uh, but you can reach me at uh, certified ranch podcast at gmail.com. I will be starting up a social media page on Instagram uh, one of these days. Probably Whenever his wife has time. <laughs> yeah, that or probably when I figure out the release date for this, which uh, we are recording this on January 2nd, 2022. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> Hello, 2022. But I think uh, that's going to be a wrap for now. Uh, thanks, guys, for listening. See you next time.